Hello. Hello, Marilyn. How are you today? I'm very well. Rabbit, rabbit. Rabbit, rabbit. We always seem to land on the first day of the month of the show. Isn't that crazy? Like, this happens a lot. A lot. Huh. A lot. Uh, huh. I was thinking it should be more often. Maybe it's like, uh, <laughs> you know, will how many people do you have to have in a room before two people have the same birthday? You know what I'm saying? You only, yes, <laughs> that's that's uh, uh, that's a good question. Or how many monkeys, if they're all typing 24 hours a day, does it take for them to have the same birthday? Right, right, right. Or if you threw a birthday party for monkeys, like what are the chances that they would want to type after they enjoyed their cake? Yeah, yes, yes. Ooh, 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 ooh. Uh, yeah, I did uh, I did pretty well this time. I, uh, <clears throat> I said it last night. Oh, smart. Um, <clears throat> um, excuse me, I have to cough. Okay. Yeah, I'm just coughing. Um, okay. I fell asleep on the couch like I do sometimes, but I was not watching Hoarders. I was watching other things. <laughs> and, uh, and uh, yeah, and I, I did that, and, and I said it this morning, and uh, I don't know. I feel, I feel covered. It's, it's February, which is, I, if memory serves, the shortest month. So I don't know if you get less cumulative good luck mm-hmm. or if you get just more intense good luck. Mm. What do you think? You know, I think I think tighten it up. I think I think it's going to be a month of good luck, and you can't even stop us. I think that. Yeah, let's go with that. It seems so optimistic. Well, it's and it's Tuesday, so yes, everything's coming up. Millhouse. Yeah. Yep. How are you? uh, Are you mending? Are you feeling um, in your in your post COVID world? Yeah. Uh, If I could ask, how you feeling? You sound good. Yeah, I mean, thank you. I I sound. uh, I feel like I sound better. I feel like I sound more like myself again. I'm feeling fine. The only the only thing that remains. Is if if I take like a really deep breath, like really deep, like like if I was going to go skin diving, that mm. kind of deep, and then I I breathe out forcefully. Oh, then huh. then I'll kind of cough from that. Oh God, that sucks. Ugh. Can you do well, it? Do it right now. Take the deepest breath you can take, and no, then blow I'm not out, done. like I'm as all, if you're doing I, a breathalyzer. Uh, no, do it. I woke up. No, I don't want to breathalyze. I woke up like 40 minutes ago. Do 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 do. I'm still not really awake. And then I drank um, some of my iced tea with lime mm-hmm. juice, and I had too much lime juice in it. <clears throat> I kind of burned my throat a little bit. <clears throat> oh no! Like the acidity. No, I'll be fine. Yeah, I think the acidity doesn't agree with me sometimes. Um, I don't agree with me many times. You know. Do I contradict yeah. myself? You know, I contain multitudes. That's what I was watching last night. I was watching the Civil War last night. <clears throat> I've been shotgun in the Civil War. You know, uh, interleaving that with a little bit of watching some uh, Steven Spielberg Lincoln. You know, um, yeah. So yeah, everything's everything's swell. Um, <clears throat> gosh, I'm sorry. I sound so wrecked. Are you okay? Um, let's see here. <clears throat> no, like I said, I am <clears throat> coughing. Oh dear. Yeah, I think I'm fine. And if I'm not, why would why would it matter? You know? Yeah. Uh, you know, if you're not fine, and what are they gonna say? Yeah, go to a doctor. Give me right. a break. Yes. You know? Just I don't know, man. I think I think I could I could do a lot of therapy on myself with just for example, I don't know, vintage video games or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, get get a new hobby. I could collect uh, garbage pail kids, something mm-hmm. like that. <laughs> An email um, came in to to the show. I wanted to read on the on the air, um, if okay. you don't, if you know, just before we really get started. And here it begins like this: Hi, I have recently Hi. co-authored a psychological study on the best sex positions for each zodiac sign. Okay, I thought that this study coincides nicely with the Chinese New Year and also Valentine's Day, and may be of interest for your next publication. Do let me know if you have any questions. In, in news, they call that the hook. What's the news hook? 
I right? Mean, yeah, that's right. That's right. No, or the peg, the new, the hook or the peg. I've heard it called both, but usually, what's the hook? Like, oh, we're doing this story about this thing, and we're going to make that seem more relevant. Yeah, and not, again, I don't want to disparage this fellow because it sounds like he—he's, you know. Uh, well, the, it's, it's actually a woman, and the the name is Tatiana Diachenko. So I think they're mm. from the Midwest. Oh, okay, probably Iowa. Mm-hmm. Um, slamming them skins. <laughs> uh, so, question. <laughs> so, mm, I'm sorry. I really hate to make you do this, but I think it's important. Could yeah. you please reread what you <laughs> the, the first part about the zodiac and sex? I want to. I want to. I want to sit with this for just a second. Go ahead. Hi. 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 And there's no comma or anything after it. Just <clears> hi <throat> on its own line by itself. Mm. I've recently co-authored a psychological study on the best sex positions for each zodiac sign. I've recently co-authored. Let's just. I've recently <laughs> co-authored. Yes. A study. A psychological study. Oh, sorry. Co-authored a psychological. <laughs> so they didn't write a sex tips book. Nope. They got some help from a pal of theirs, mm-hmm. and this person, uh, Mrs. Dmitrychenko, has uh, has written a guide, a psychological study for the astronomical, like Western zodiac. <laughs> yeah, that's what it sounds like. Well, so how's like, that relevant uh, for Chinese? If, how's that relevant for Chinese New Year? So, if you're well, I, I think I think she just thinks that it coincides nicely. But those are different zodiacs. Well, it also coincides with Valentine's Day, which has nothing to do huh. with Zodiac at all. It's heart-themed, <laughs> red envelope. Ooh. Huh. Uh, okay, well, I mean, I don't see how we could say no. No, we can't Couldn't say we get no. the co-author on as well? Oh, like on the show? Fi- they're not I, asking to be I on the show. They're, they're just sending a link to the, the... Which is on a site... Called Dime Piece, <laughs> Dime Piece LA is where this comes from. <clears throat> dime Piece LA, one word. Yeah, what is a dime piece? In your oh, experience? Uh, boy, it sounds like somewhere between a, a lid of weed and a toupee, a little bit. I would have thought dime, that Dime Piece, a, Dime Piece Daryl, is that the fellow's name? So I did some research prior to the show. <clears throat> oh, good. And a a dime piece, according to Urban Dictionary. Um, a top of the line woman covering every attractive feature and charismatic, i.e. Oh, dime is in 10. Spiritual, emotional, and physical beauty, intelligence and charisma with good humor and wit. She's independent, raw and hot, but also sweet and totally down for you. A perfect 10 out of 10. And here's how they're using it in a sentence. Quote, you're a dime piece, girl, unquote. That's very illustrative. Mm-hmm. Now I use the word definition in a sentence. Um, okay. Um, dime piece. So the four quadrant female is what we're talking about that's, here. That's it, yeah. That's and that's their that core competency at, uh, at uh, Dimebag Daryl's. And that has to do with, that has to do with uh, the, okay. And and when they did the study, I, I know you only have what you have there, but yeah, I'm still, my mind is... Well, my mind's a little bit of a pudding because it's a psychological study. So do they show people like Rorschach uh, things and go like, are you feeling, are you feeling Taurus about this? Like, uh, it just sounds like a little bit of a muddle, Dan. Okay. It's, 
I mean, the I only thing now. I can do is I can, I, I've isolated the URL so that there's no like query strings or anything that would tie send it back. Me the, to send me the, send me, send me something. All right. I'll, send this I'll to do you. it. And I'm, I've got I an had, incognito I had on a list here. Open. And now you got me talking about Zodiac Nucky. Well, hold on. I'm not typing, <clears throat> clicking. There you go. This is the URL. I'm visiting it right now to see what this is. Okay. It, oh, oh, there. Okay. It's, yeah. It's, okay. I'm clicking. Um, I am using <laughs> universal control to do this. this. Is, is it good? Yeah, this is very informative. Oh, no, Dan. <laughs> I, I did not verbally consent to this. I didn't pre screen this. This is not mine. Well, you just you me said a bunch send, of intercourse. You said send me something. So this is what the URL send me something from the that was email. not anticipating intercourse uh, <laughs> infographs. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Okay, wait. Where, where's your text? Colorful. Where'd they go? Oh, here you are. Here you are. Here. Okay, best sex positions for your zodiac signs. For your zodiac signs. Signs. <clears throat> okay, uh, speaking of Iowa, I do not think this person went to the writing workshop. Be best sex position for your zodiac. How what, what makes it, I mean, it feels good, or you are more likely to impregnate Conceive somebody? or what? something, right? Is this uh, coitus? You mean coitus? Yeah, talking about coitus? Watched Don't it last fatuous, night. Daniel. Watched it last night. <laughs> um, David Thewlis. I always forget David Thewlis is in that, and he's so goddamn funny. That's poor, poor Professor Lupin. Philip, that, Philip Seymour Hoffman has, he's just, he's so good in everything. Oh, he's amazing. And huh. I, marvelous, marvelous one. Marvel. <laughs> Please inspect them. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Can be a zesty affair. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, I don't like, to, oh no. What's your oh, sign, oh. Merlin? What's your sign? Okay. This is kind of funny. E. No wait, shouldn't it's okay. All right. Shit. What's your sign? My my astrological sign. Ugh, I feel so dirty doing this, uh, <laughs> and not because of the intercourse. I don't do any of that stuff. No, but just God, the, no. I'm so. Well, then I'm a. I mean, I did once, but the way that I'm associating myself with this is making me extremely uncomfortable. Dan, scroll down hmm. to the third row mm -hmm. and look at Sagittarius. <laughs> Now that doesn't that. Now, I'm just to the left in Scorpio there, so that's okay. Hang on, hang on, hang. On. Okay, now they have these names for these. I'm sorry to work blue here. Dan told me the first week we did this, uh, this this audio show said we I want to make a show where if somebody walked into the room while their a kid was listening to it, they'd never hear anything that would be upsetting and make them turn it off. That's which right. I think it's generally pretty good, but. Yeah. You know, like the McElroys and Candle Nights, I think we're not we're saying no cursing, but that doesn't mean we can't have challenging ideas. Yes. With that said, I, I, forgive me. We'll you know we'll be through this in a bit. <laughs> uh, so for each one of the signs, they have a, a picture of like it looks like an ad for a vibrator store or maybe a, a co-op grocery. Each one of these, and it's a wonderfully diverse group of folks. Um, oh dear. And then they give them names. Doggy, bumper cars, <laughs> helicopter. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. The one for Sagittarius, which as it happens, uh, comports with my sign, it just says, <laughs> says 69. <laughs> <clears throat> but it looks like the Pisces symbol to me. Yeah, I think that's or, what they were going for. I think they're uh, trying to find... Well, I think that's extremely confusing, especially given that this is bad information design. 
And then you got, and they're also they're not doing sixty nine. They're they're just going. They're just no, it's not a sixty nine at all. No, they're having dinner downtown, which is very different. <laughs> and then, but also right under me is Pisces, and Pisces, what's that called? Oh, it's called Legs Up. Legs Standing up. doggy. Standing doggy. She looks like she'd really rather be almost anywhere else. <laughs> she looks like she would prefer to be getting a stain off a cutting board oh than God. being doggied by the standing man. Yeah. Oh, good. And then there's text. <laughs> oh, great. Let's go see here. And then they repeat it. There's bumper cars. Sagittarius is a fun star sign. Members are more adventurous. <laughs> Like having fun and exploring new pleasures. Ooga. Sagittarius lovers engage in sex that entails balanced <clears throat> pleasure efforts. Pleasure. <laughs> pleasure. Best position 69. This is so gross. We are never doing this show again. Okay. Dan, what's your, uh, wait, I should know this. What's your astrological sign? Uh, Scorpio. So Scorpio. it's to the left of yours there. Oh, okay. Oh, you're the Helio chapter. <laughs> what part is okay so no, I, just, think I, I have feel not... like it's important though for the listeners to understand the kind of emails that we get on a regular well, basis I, I just I mean, wanted I to sort seems of like something would be difficult to avoid at this point is yeah. the importance of the but okay I maybe I just don't know enough about how body work <laughs> but I'm looking at Scorpio helicopter which by the way is a very cool name and I'm trying, it looks like, like this person, name. oh yeah, that's a pretty good name. It yeah. looks like somebody was trying to get a nap, just she wanted a few minutes to herself. The purple haired gal just, just needs a little quick break. I'm just going to go, I'm just going to go later, I'm just going to close my eyes for a little bit. And it looks like then this man with the, with the blue hair helmet jumped off the, uh, the, uh, the nightstand. Yes. And did like a kind of a flying sort of like uh, Terry Funk uh, sort of move, maybe like a Dusty Rhodes jump. And gives her the, the bionic boner. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> Scorpio helicopter. Okay. Okay. Um, we get a lot of email, I assume. Yeah, we know. Dan, we get a lot. Yeah, we get a lot. <clears throat> I guess. Well, uh, okay. I, I wrote some things down to talk about. I got a couple things. I have some, <clears throat> some uh, FU slash log rolling uh, to do. Um, I want to recommend a couple things. If there's time allowing, I wanted to talk a little bit about universal control. Yes. Which is a feature now available uh, in the latest uh, developer betas, I want to oh, say. See, that's something I'm very interested in personally, so I would love to hear about I was, it, especially I, if you've experienced it. I'm not going to go on about it, but I do want to at least have my, um, you know, my two cents about it. Yeah. Uh, do you have anything uh, to do right off the top apart from showing you pictures? No, of that was the main col thing. Colored hair having intercourse. That was the email? main thing for me this uh, okay. this week. Scorpio helicopter. <laughs> uh, if you like, before I do my log rolling, if you like, you could tell me about something that you like. I would love to tell you about indeed. Indeed, indeed, yes. yes. <clears throat> and yes. You know, here's here's the oh, thing. See, I watched Glengarry Glenn Ross the other night. I do need to circle back to that one. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Well, what is this? What is uh, courtesy class? <laughs> what it's, great good. it's really good. Hey, um, indeed. Indeed. So here's the thing. Even at work, you know, you, it's a fresh start. You know, say what you want about New Year's resolutions. The New Year is a fresh start for a lot of people. They they use it as a way to reframe how they are interacting with the world, their goals, setting some goals. It's never bad to set goals. We've talked about that and. 
this is the thing. A lot of the time, uh, companies say, you know what? It's the new year. It's time to hire. It's time to bring some fresh faces in. We want some fresh faces in here. We need to bring people, but they have to have the right skills. Damn it. And that's, I'm going to give them that. They can run with that. That's up to them. I mean, they can use it or not. I'm just an idea. I'm just throwing it out there. Uh, There should be a rhyme in there somewhere. A fresh face is nice, but the skills love me twice. (laughs) That's, we're giving them stuff. They don't pay for this. We're just handing it out. Like we're we're handing it out. I know. We're like Rockefeller standing in front of the building handing out shiny dimes. So what Indeed does is they make it really, really easy to find really good candidates. If you're hiring, like you need Indeed because they are the hiring partner where you can attract, interview, and hire, and you can do it all in one place. And that's what people don't, when they come up to me and they're like, tell you know, I heard you talking about Indeed. I'm like, it's all in one place. And that's what makes the difference because it's the only job site where you're guaranteed to find quality applicants in that meet all of the requirements. Or guess what? Did guess you just what, make Marlene? up a new word? Was that a new I word? I did. You don't pay. Okay. That's the thing. You don't pay. You're so instead don't of pay? spending hours on multiple sites and like, well, they're going to be a candidate here and you're paying for all of it. It doesn't happen like that with Indeed. They partner with you on every step of the hiring process. They're going to help you find great talent. They have these time-saving tools like uh, like Indeed Instant Match. And they have this thing called assessments. They let you do virtual interviews. Like, They're trying so to make it about easier and faster. And it's easier and faster. Right. Is that the idea? It's That's not going to be one of those concept. lobster trap sites. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, but you here's like say, the cool thing. You know, and I've, you used, a lobster. I've used this. Yeah. Okay. The instant Match. Oh, so you I have. Just went, That's cool. I want to tell okay. you about this. As soon Please. as you put a post out there, you're going to get a short list in instantly of quality candidates with resumes on Indeed that match your job description, and then you can invite them to apply. So you're almost reaching out to them saying, like, you should apply for this job because you meet all of the requirements that we have. I saw an advertisement for this somewhere else. I know we're doing an advertisement now, but I saw and I thought it looked very effective. There's a young lady who's interested in getting a job. And and then she get they say hey oh and by the way here's an obscure question can you do these things and she's like hmm, sure yeah I can do that and then guess what she gets the job and she tells her roommate about it she looked very pleased I think they reached yeah. out to her in the way that you're describing yeah I love that. Yeah. and 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 so with the instant match thing according to my notes here over ninety percent of employers get quality candidates as soon as they sponsor the job post that's kind of cool no waiting so. You can start hiring right now. They have a $75 sponsored job credit. So you can upgrade your job post at Indeed.com, the special URL, Indeed.com slash back to work. And this is good until March 31st of 2022. I know we have people in the future listening to this. So, hey, everyone, mm-hmm. in 2050, the offer is expired. So go to Indeed.com slash back to work. This is a $75 credit. Do it before March 1st. And uh, terms and conditions apply. I'm telling you, if you're hiring, you need Indeed. Like, that's the way it works. You need Indeed. It's like a little uh, onomatopoeia thing. Indeed, Indeed.com slash back to work. Thanks very much to Indeed for making this show possible. And I have used them and it is a great service, personally, based on my personal experience with it. Very nice. I like. Buck, buck. Oh, Danny, I, like. do have a que- I do have a question for you, though. Did you it's- know that if you, think you might, if you think you might have a crush on a girl in a commercial... Like I got a crush on the girl in the Kaleidos commercial and I got a crush on the girl in the Indeed commercial. You didn't mm. go to iSpot.tv and you can learn about the spot. You can learn about the music I and sometimes spot. you can find their name. It's a, it's a really, it's a very wholesome thing to do. TV. And which yeah. is the commercial I'm looking into? Oh, I, I looked up Indeed. Indeed. I wasn't making that up. She's really cute. 
Indeed, just she's spot you, you more could, than a resume. That one. Yeah, yeah. You could you could put her in your pocket. She's so little. <clears throat> I mean, not. In, she's in, just in, out there. She just wants yeah. a job. That's it. I, I can't that. get there because it says I have an ad blocker. But yeah, she's kind of my type. Well, she's cute. She's like flower shopping. Mm-hmm, Where does she mm-hmm. get the money to flower shop if she needs a job? Oh, oh I like that she's huh. in full business attire at at the kitchen table while she's doing the interview too. Even in even in pumps and everything, like, that's what people do. But she's but she has that look on her face. I don't want to keep going on about this, but I she's cute. I felt. She's real cute. She's my type. Um, I felt by proxy the excitement that she felt. Because I remember that. That's a good feeling. You know, when you're younger and you start out when you're little and you're like, oh, is there mail for me? And they're like, no, there's never mail for you. You're a child. Ah, wah, I want mail. And then eventually you get mail. And then Columbia House says you owe them $40 for a Triumph record. And you're like, God, maybe I don't want mail. Do you remember the first piece of mail that you ever got? I do. Um... That you ever I got by, by like significant in a, piece, like but. in a cognizant way, is what I mean. Like in a mm-hmm. way that was like I wrote someone and they wrote me back, and it mattered. Oh, um, no, tell me yours, uh, Mr. Rogers. Oh my goodness, you're kidding me. No, I wrote to Mr. Rogers. I was probably three years old, and I didn't do the writing. I think you know my my mom wrote it out for me. What I wanted to say. And I that's think so we nice. Were you a fan a, of the show when you were? Little? I was a big, big, big fan of the show. Long, you know, long time uh, listener, first time writer. Mm-hmm. And I remember I probably sent a drawing, and I got a note back, and it was on his letterhead, and it was typed. And the thing that struck me is, you know, and it was thank you for your letter, you know. And I think I had said to him. Could you could because I lived in Abington, which is a little suburb of Philadelphia at the time, and I think I invited. And he's him in Pittsburgh, to, right? Yeah, he was, and I think I invited. Mm-hmm. I mean, just, him. just I don't know if our listeners would realize you're you. I mean, Pittsburgh or uh, sorry, uh, Pennsylvania is a big state. Big. Pepe yeah, Sylvia oh, yeah. is a big state, but uh, you were both in Pennsylvania. <laughs> and I invited him. Pepe Sylvia keeps come up. over and 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 uh, you know maybe I invited him for lunch or something like that. And he unfortunately he declined. He said that he was a little too busy doing the show. What a sweet. He seems like such a sweet man. And the signature part, at first when I was a kid, kind of ex- blew me away. And then when I was older, I figured out what might have really happened behind the scenes. But he declined the offer very graciously, I must add. And the signature was a a multicolored signature, almost like the original Apple logo in a way, if you can imagine a signature that looks kind of like that. And it was it was stamped. It was a stamped signature that they had somehow done with different colors or something like that. Maybe and you wanted to clarify that they, they weren't trying to fake you out. That, by that was, by the fact gonna... that maybe it wasn't really Mr. Rogers doing well, the like, signing. Because the, the anecdote the I was going to say when you ask about the mail is I'd written to uh, maybe a little older than you when I was seven. I wrote to President Ford and I got a nice package of stuff back that included really? a robo signature. Yeah. So maybe he was just trying to be straight up with you. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. I he wonder, seems like I, such a sweet What did you get man. back? What did you get back? Um, I was like a little packet. <clears throat> I wrote. I wrote to President Ford. And uh, ironically enough, especially amidst these troubling times, uh, inflation was a really big deal. And they made these little buttons that said, whip inflation now, W-I-N. Do you remember the little red buttons that said win? 
Oh, Everybody, oh yeah. well, it was encouraged. Well, it's okay if you don't, but like everybody's encouraged to wear these buttons that says W I N, white letters mm-hmm. on a red button. Yeah. Win, whip inflation yeah. now. And if you flipped it upside down, you could say that it stood for Nixon is a moron, which is kind of funny. <laughs> Hi, I'm 55. They, I got but a they really did. They did whip inflation, as far as I remember. For a while, yeah. yeah. For a long time. And then, um, let's see, I got a little kind of FAQ packet. Um, I got a photograph of Liberty the dog. His dog, who was, I think, uh, an Irish setter or a retriever, maybe an Irish setter. Um, sweet dog. And it was in a beautiful manila envelope, very professional. Mm. And I got a, on a card, I got a little uh, Gerald R. Ford signature. Oh, Unfortunately, like my friend Todd Bennett found it on the floor of our second grade classroom and he tore it up. Oh, what a jerk off. Well, oh, and we, that made us both cry, you know. But he didn't know, he, he thought it was garbage. He was kind of an incredible Hulk figure in school. I wasn't going to challenge him about it, but it also kind of helped explain, you know, it was like, uh, you know, Planet Todd and World War Todd, if you uh, like Greg Rucka. Sure. Any, yeah. Um, I think it was Greg Rucka, right? Who am I thinking of? Who did, who did Planet Hulk and World War Hulk? Uh, wasn't that Greg Pock? Greg Pock. Greg, Greg Pock. I confused my Gregs. All the great Gregs. Yeah. I was going to try and find a video that, I mean, there's so much stuff. I don't know. I mean, uh, well, okay, first of all, a contrary story, which is I was home from college at some point talking, talking to my mom and, you know, whatever. And I, and I was like, oh, yeah, you know, Mr. Rogers, you know, Mr. Rogers is so cool. He's so, you know, because I'm a hippie. And I'm like, oh, Mr. Rogers, blah, blah. And she says, what are you talking about? You, you hated the Mr. Rogers show, not the man. But she says, you hated that show when you were a kid. I was like, what are you talking about? I loved his gracious, kind, gentle nature. She's like, man, you found it incredibly boring. Like, you went to watch Electric Company. I was like, hmm, I don't remember that. Do you remember he had a friend named Mr. McFeely? Yeah. But but almost everything I've ever seen about Fred Rogers, unsurprisingly, I really hope I never find out that he's a weirdo, because everything I've ever heard about him makes him sound so gracious and kind. And there's a video, I, I, don't, I, I don't know if I'll be able to find it in time, but there's a really good video. Do you ever see when um, the little boy in the wheelchair comes to visit him and talks about him? Did you ever see that one? I don't, I'm not remembering it off the top of my head. I'm, I'm going to see if I can find it because um, it's really uh, life affirming. But Fred Rogers, you know, he's a good man and thorough. <clears throat> Leads. Leads. Let's see. Mr. Rogers. Um, okay, I want to do some quick log rolling. Mm-hmm. And it's ro- log ro- rolling because I will ultimately be promoting other things that I do. Oh, here it is. I found it. Won't you be my neighbor? <gasps> yes, this was in the movie. Pop it oh in my the, God. the notes. New, news I will. And, use a new QuickBook marklet for the new site. I do. Well, go look. Go look, you piece of crap. I is already put in, images in already, and everything. It, I'm already utilizing oh your platform. God. Oh, my God. I put in a picture of M.M. at Walsh. M.M.M.M.M.M.M.M.M.M.M.M.M.M.M.M.M.M.M.M.M.M.M.M.M.M.M.M.M.M.M.M.M.M.M.M.M.M.M.M.M.M.M.M.M.M.M.M.M.M.
who we all know from the quote I'm about to mangle from Roger Ebert, something along the lines of any movie that has Harry Dean Stanton or Emmett Walsh can't be all bad. You also know him as a guy who's not talking about Bill Parker, that mother scratcher. He's got the head, it's something spherical in the middle of the road. He's got the head in one hand and the sandwich in the other. Mm -hmm. He's also the guy that talks to Decker who needs the old Blade Runner. You know Emmett Walsh. Mm -hmm. Oh, you know who else he is? Oh, Mm -hmm. his voice. Let me make it real easy for you. You ever seen a little cartoon movie called Iron Giant? Oh, yeah. Anybody remember a movie called Iron Giant? Anybody remember a scene from the beginning of the film when there's a guy in his little fishing boat and he sees the Iron Giant and then nobody believes him and thinks he's a drunk? That's Emmett Walsh. That's him? And last night, they they had another wonderful flashback episode of The Righteous Gemstones and Emmett Walsh was in it. And Emmett Walsh should get an Emmy for this performance. He's amazing. And I was like, that's so wild. How did they, they must have shot this like right before he died. And then, of course, I went and I looked. He's not dead. But he's very, very old looking. Like, anyway, like that's he him. Had, has he not Sitting aged in, well or anything? Oh, or? no. Well, I mean, does anybody age well? I mean, you know, it's age. That's mm. what they call it. <laughs> <laughs> you don't get cuter. No. Uh, but that's him sitting in a chair in the show notes. And I'll come to back to that in a minute. Oh, well, you know what? As long as you're here, let's do it. I Googled Emmett Walsh last night because obviously I wanted to see if he's dead. And I, I thought he was dead. I think I'm thinking of Harry Dean Stanton. Oh, sure. Um, who is dead. I, I wonder if it was Avengers, his last thing. Because, you know, I watch Alien once a week now, and he's great in Alien. Uh, Ebert quote. I'll find that for notes. Ebert quote. And I want to find uh, Jeff Erlanger, Mr. Rogers. Okay. Um, hi, I'm just writing real quick. Um, he is alive. And, oh, so I Googled for M. Emmett Walsh. And one of the pages I land on a page, Dan, it's in show notes. You can go look at it. I, I landed on a site that is new to me. And I called to my kid in the next room and I said, because because we end up talking about or looking at fandom.com sites fairly often. Yeah. And I said, I think I may have found my new favorite fandom site. This is a site called Cinemorg. How did I discover it? Oh, um Cinemorg. Uh and then Cinemorg. they're catching their Cinemorg, uh, as in where the, where the body go. And, let, and the, their tagline is the somewhat obvious but funny, let's not bicker and argue about who killed who. Um, Cinemorg Wiki is an encyclopedia that is dedicated to documenting which actors or actresses quote-unquote died in which movie or TV show. So you can click right through and go to the M. Emmett, there's going to be spoilers here, you know, forewarned is forearmed, but you can find out everything Emmett Walsh died in. Who Now, okay, let's do a quick test. Who's somebody you feel like has died in a lot of movies? Oh, wait, there's got to be a bit. Oh, this. yeah. I mean, isn't there like a. Oh, yeah. Who is it that like dies in every movie? Um, is it. I'm going to say, maybe. Let me try Nathan Fillion. I bet his is pretty funny. Uh, anyway, I, I just wanted to alert y'all to this Cinemorg. You can go out and find out what somebody died in. Oh, Blood Simple. Oh, my God. He's in Blood Simple? Jiminy Christmas. Huh. Oh, God, he's in The Odd Life of Timothy Green. I am sorry to hear that. that that's uh, one thing I wanted to share. Can I get to my proper log rolling now and just be done with it? Yeah, let's go. I'm taking two things off your plate because <clears throat> it's always two plates with me. Um, and uh, I just wanted to point out, uh, first of all, uh, that um, uh, John Syracuse and I do a podcast called Reconcilable Differences, and we have an episode coming out Thursday. Um, that if, if any of you, so, so burden number one, Dan, lifted, the 
GitHub and VS Code talk, we talked about a lot on the upcoming reconcilable differences. Mm -hmm. So on the extremely off chance you want to hear me talk about that, I talked about on Rectus. I won't bore you guys with it here. Um, I mean, really, it is honestly mostly a way of saying, Dan, I promise I'm not going to drag you through this any longer. Um, that was one, and I'm still having great fun with that. Uh, and the other one is I wanted to mention that task paper stuff, the challenge this week on the Do By Friday podcast that I do with um, Alex Cox, uh, the challenge this week is to try task paper. So um, I mentioned that because perhaps you all would enjoy that. I get the feeling Dan's not that into it. But what I will tell you, listeners, if you are interested, and this is not a good repository, but it is a repository. Mm -hmm. Ugh, sounds like a, something you put in your butt. My repo, man. <laughs> oh, God. Harry Dean Stanton was, Harry, Harry Stan was in Repo Man, of course. Um, yeah. You know, effing ordinary people. Mm. Uh, mm. Oh, no, ordinary effing people. Is that what he says? You, uh, so I, I made a um, repo satori. Um, for task paper related things, it includes the style sheet that I use. It includes my two configuration files for searches and tags and an example document and the very, 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 very beginning of it, my little written introduction, much like the kind of thing that I would do to prepare for talking with Dan that is in show notes. And it will, uh, link you to that repository. Now that I'm Gabe Owens for GitHub done log rolling, Dan, where would people mm. find show notes for episode five, six, four of your back to work program? Uh, it's going to be back, back to work dot limo slash five, six, four, five, six. So you're making that like our URL. Yeah, why not? It's so good. Do, okay. Well, now I got to make sure I got to, well, I got to really remember to keep it up. Um, well, anyway, Sagittarius, there's that. I had a couple, I have some odds and some sods and some universal control. What's like, what's, what's going on in your neck of the woods or anything? I, I'm monopolizing this as usual. Did you want to share anything with the listeners? You know, I was wondering if you had a portable power station. Uh, portable power. Well, that, I, I mean, that ain't well, kind of answers the question. I don't know what question. that is, yeah. I'm going to say. I'm going to say no. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like no. The, so the the leading company in this space is like a thing where you the, go camping, where you bring yeah. bring a generator. No, well, I, I want one. But I don't even know what to look for in one of those. I want one, like, especially for powder powder outages, for, like, you know, earthquake survival stuff. Would be nice. Exactly. Is that, is that exactly. what we're talking about? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Because you're a prepper. Have, you prep. Yeah. So the, okay. the leading brand in this space has the unfortunate name of Jackery, which makes me feel I have like some I don't... Their, I have their phone chargers. I've been I very happy with their phone chargers. Yeah, yeah, they make amazing stuff. They just... just you have to deal with that. Uh, so they're... It they says have, it right on there these, all the time, unless you rub it off. Ooh, Let's start over. Anyway, you can rub off your Jackery and leading brand. Yes. Yeah, so they have, these are portable power stations. And basically, if you <laughs> have. Stop saying seen... that. I keep thinking of. You got to multiply. How oh you going to do it? Feel the heat. Yeah. Power station. Power station. So that's got an awesome guitar solo on it. From Andy Taylor, I think it's does it. I'll have to read John Taylor. That, John Taylor, that Andy Taylor. There's three Taylors that are not related. And now in, in Germany, in German, I think uh, Taylor. You say Schneider, who <laughs> was the the maintenance guy on One Day at a Time, and and was not in Power Station with Robert Schneider. Plant, as far as I know, Robert Plant, Robert Plant, Schneider. Doesn't Schneider mean Taylor? I don't know. I'll find out. Jackery. Okay. So the portable power station. Are yeah, these are devices that you they they basically are a la like a giant battery, and they come in many many different 
sizes and output state, you know, outputs that you can have. But most of all of them have a place where you can just plug in like a regular American style three prong outlet. And they usually have at least a couple USB ports and a couple USB C ports. And Mm -hmm. they often have like um, the same kind of cigarette lighter adapter thing built into them so that if you had one of those devices, you could plug it in. And then they have a variety of different ways that you can charge them. Some of them can be charged from that same kind of input. Other ones can be charged <laughs> with uh, like a solar panel that connects. And, Very slowly. Yeah. Right. Isn't it crazy? Yeah. Unless you've got an array, unless you've got like one of those things that's like a series of umbrellas you point at the sky. I got one of those on a, on a, on a lark. I got one of those. It's basically like a little mat. You unroll that's solar. And I mean, it, it was, I tried it uh, for a couple days and like it barely did anything. Like how much do you have to give to get a lot of solar to really get that thing charged for any amount of time, don't you? Like you probably need a second, like a aftermarket giant solar array to, to make. Well, they, I mean, Jackery makes, Jackery makes them too. And um, wow. I, I don't know okay. how long those take to actually charge. So hold on, let me uh, look that up because I'm actually on the site right now because I'm reading about all of this. Jackery. Jackery. So it doesn't say on here. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't. How I don't long know. to I just, charge? How long, how long to, charge? to charge Jackery solar? Okay. Um, anyway, but, and, and they're real heavy and big. You can get, the bigger you get, the better because it has more power, but they don't think it real heavy. Because they're all battery? Right. It's basically all battery. Mm-hmm. And it just depends on what you want to power and for how long. Uh, oh, here it is. Recharge times. So this is 9. the- 9.5 hours. The Explorer 1000, which is kind of their like, it's it's the smallest of the big ones. And that's an AC adapter, seven hours with a car, 14 hours. And with the solar panels, eight hours. So- you kind of have unlimited power if you've got sunlight with this thing. It's pretty cool. I just want what, in most cases, well, it depends, obviously. If you are, you know, God forbid, in a situation uh, like an earthquake, a hurricane, what have you, you know, the whole point, this is something you've been talking about on and off. I think to not sound like a total loon, you don't talk about it all the time, but you're talking about what it would take to be self-sufficient for, I think you said, what, three days, something like that? What yeah, something like that. Three yeah, years? I mean, yeah. I would. But like, I what would, would like it take to, to like to survive? You know, totally. I think it makes sense. And like, there's it's it's a lot of work. Like as we discovered, I've told this before. I almost said this joke. This is not a joke. This is a true. Which is like at some point before well, before my kid was born, but almost certainly after the, there had been an earthquake somewhere. Mm. <laughs> my wife and I were like, oh, we really gotta we gotta get it together. We gotta get an earthquake kit. And we did. We put a lot of dough into it, and we did what everybody said, like, get a... The most important thing, like, that's not intuitive is if you have an earthquake kit, earthquake kit don't store it inside the house that's probably going to collapse. You need to keep it somewhere, you know, outside where it wouldn't be, like, crushed. And one tip at the time, anyway, was get, get yourself like a, a nice, like, a husky giant garbage can and store your stuff in there, and you can even seal it up. But you got to keep it up, as I learned, because 
all it was all everything was moldy. Everything mm. <laughs> was moldy the first time we opened it. It takes maintenance to do this, and we we talked about this before here on the program. But like even if even or especially if you're not a nut, it takes the right amount of planning and the understanding of trade offs to even be able to be. I think this might have come up during the snow stuff for you. I want to say, yeah, for sure. It when did. you guys had that crazy power outage because of the snow that was a year a year ago and they're predicting some more like that this year too so we'll see it's a good good week to get a jackery (laughs) so where are you with it so i you know i've been looking at these different ones and like i said they come in different sizes the the 1000 watt there's a 500 watt there's a 300 watt and you know it's one of those things where they like they give you these little comparison pages of like how long and the things that they, they you know Obviously, these things are geared toward people who are out camping and who are, you know, yes. like kind of home homesteading. And so the things that they give you for the duration of like how long it'll last you or oh, what, like a transistor radio or something. Yeah, like like the, so the examples are a mini cooler, an electric grill, a pressure cooker, a hairdryer, coffee maker and an air conditioner. None of those are things that I particularly really want to power and then you How are go- you going to get by without a hairdryer? I don't know, man. But then the smaller oh. the smaller sizes they go down to smaller devices. So in this one, it's like, oh, well, the iPhone and a laptop and uh, and a, a blender, you know, because I'm going to run my blender while I'm, you know, you snowed in. You love your smoothies. Yeah, yeah. I do mm-hmm. like the smoothies. So like the, the give you an idea, the, the 500 watt one does four and a half charges of a laptop and 53 charges of a cell phone. And can I'll power an asterisk like next to all of those, but oh, yeah. those are huge Steve Jobs numbers. Yeah, and and the next to to lights, it says lights forty five hours. So that's for like the five hundred. Mm. So I guess you would just double it to get to the thousand. I don't know, but like these things are the other thing that's shocking is they're very expensive. The the one thousand expensive Explorer yeah. one thousand is a thousand dollars. If you get it with the solar panels, it's fifteen hundred bucks. And then, you know, the 300 is $300. So you're basically paying a dollar per watt, it seems like here. Um, and forgive me, I'm not an engineer and I'm dumb. Um, I only know about what I'm about to kind of say. I only kind of know about what I'm about to kind of say based on my recent adventure with buying light bulbs. But, for example, it became valuable for me to understand the difference between watts and lumens. Because mm. my whole life, when we say, oh, okay, what's a, what's, what's a bright light bulb? And you say, oh, like in my case, a 200 watt, a 100 watt, anything under 100 watts is virtually useless to me. But it's not the watt. The watts are the amount of, as I understand it, the amount of power that it's drawing. What I really want to look at is lumens, like poor Professor Lumens. Right, type. right. <laughs> is, uh, is like, <laughs> how, many, how much light does this put out? Because that's separate from the amount of power that it draws, which that sounds like I'm being pedantic. But if you go around and, for example, if you're in my racket and you're looking for LED um, tube bulbs mm-hmm. and you buy by wattage, well, that has more to do with, like, do you have a T8 and how many watts are you coming from? Because the draw of the LED lights is so much less. Anyway, that becomes important. Um, a th- now, what about Mila MAHs? How many MAHs do you get on the 1,000 Jackery? Is this side? Oh, we'll see. Because that, and now that's the other one though. With at least, well, I could be wrong. I have spreadsheets about this that does all the thinking for me. Uh, the, forty-six point four, ah, 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 wh is one thousand two. I'd have to go to Solver to figure out what yeah, that I don't means. Know what that means? But like, for example, like a Jackery, typical Jackery. I love saying Jackery. A typical. I feel like I'm getting away with something. Um, 
Mom, I'm brushing my teeth. Um, but my, I've got jackeries. And uh, so, like, you know, you get MAHs, I think, are how much power, if you like, is stored, correct? Oh, I, I, I don't know any of this. Okay, well, I'm going to go look up my spreadsheet on this. I have a spreadsheet on my different battery chargers to compare because, of course, I do. Um, do have you – you know, why am I doing this? No one cares. Have you – what kind of research have you done, like, watching YouTube videos and stuff? This feels like one where you would really benefit, especially the solar stuff. Yeah. It feels like you would really benefit from, um, like, a YouTube video. Have you looked at any of that stuff? Yeah, I have. And, you know, like I was saying, a lot of them are kind of geared toward people who are – out camping you know they've got their camper and they're driving out somewhere and then they like they show up and like all right let's Uh get the panel set up you know they set up the solar panels pointing at the sun they put the jackery down they plug their radio their you know whatever it is that they're going to be doing out there in the wild west you know roping roping horses or whatever and then they come back and they're like let's make a of smoothie with the Vitamix and charge the laptop, mm. I guess. Because I, I would think, I'm trying to think, you know, there's different genres of, um, you know, those sorts of videos, but I would guess that you're going to get some really unusually good candid reviews um, as opposed to, for example, the shovel blogs that just want you to look at how pretty an iPhone is and see it unboxed. I, In my experience, the, those kinds of folks are more likely to give you like the, the real you know, they're, I think they're probably less likely to be like sort of sponsored and, you know, you know what I mean? Like, I, does that sound dumb? But like, I feel like there are certain kinds of things I tend to trust more than other kinds of things. And, um, I, and I do follow some wackadoo channels, like the guy, uh, what's his name? Like wood oven cooking or whatever. I do like those outdoor cooking videos. And those people, a lot of times, you know, they're, they seem more like sort of on the level, like people who live in a van seem a lot more on the level than, you know, tech people with key lights. Mm-hmm. Yes. That sounded yes. unkind. That sounded really unkind. No. No one feels that you're way. You're not going to get a broad me. view that says, you know, a lot of tech just as a thing is bad. Like, you're not going to hear that a lot on this. Um, and it is. Technology is not helping us anymore. But that's for another show. Um, did you put these in notes? No, I can Could do you that. please put them yeah. into the show notes? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Why not? Absolutely. Absol- don't even need a reason. Don't even need Absol- a reason. Absolutely. Um, I also put in notes, some other things, um, something that seemed very improbable to me. One of my favorite bands, Husker Du, uh, Robert Palmer from Power Station and Robert Palmer, uh, used to cover a Husker Du song live in his concerts. And of all things, it's the ruckus New Day Rising. And he does a pretty good job with it. So that's in show notes. You can hear that. New Day Rising. Uh, (laughs) Uh, I've got not much else. Uh, oh, you know what? Well, let me get one, one more thing to knock off. I had this in notes last week, um, and uh, I don't know. This is unnecessary, but, you know, it's useful. Uh, I want to recommend kind of a neat thing. There is a uh, – well, let me, let me start with the second part. There's a an author, mostly a, I'm going to say an artist, that I like a lot. Uh, I believe her name is pronounced um, – um, I think it's Myra Kalman, but it's in notes – and I forget, might have been Matt Howie. Somebody gave us one of her books when our baby was a baby. And it's called Next Stop Grand Central. And it's one, it's one of everybody's favorite books. I know it was like in your house, but in our house, you know, <clears throat> in my case, my wife and I had different books we specialized in. Mm. So like I would do Green Eggs and Ham and Goodnight Gorilla. Oh, I yeah. was really good. I did a really good Goodnight Gorilla. But Madeline just effing killed it 
with Kitten's First Full Moon, um, and very much especially Next Stop Grand Central. She did a great job with Next Stop. So this woman's art style is really fun and funky and weird, and once you see it, you'll you'll appreciate it forever. Um, the main reason I wanted to talk about her today is I, I stumbled upon, well, so for, like I say, the second recommendation is where this all started, which is, uh, and I said this to my friend Alex, if there's a little kid somewhere in your life, a fun, not very expensive book that their parents will either love or definitely hate because it's really weird, it's called Next Stop Grand Central. And if you click the link in notes, you'll see what some of the, the pages look like. It's just delightful and so weird. But I meant the, the, thing, the main thing that's closer to what we talk about here, <laughs> and I just this arrived two days ago at my house. I finally bought this. Uh, the Elements of Style, which most of us know, and uh, a, a lot of the good ones of us like, mm. uh, by Strunk and White, because uh, everyone should read it. You could do a lot worse. I think you're so smart. Ooh, Strunk and White, it's really, sh- shut up. Do not say you're nauseous unless you are certain you have that effect upon others. The Elements of Style is a wonderful book, and guess what? This is an Elements of Style illustrated by Myra Kalman, and it's completely unnecessary, but it's adorable. So it's basically the Elephants of Style. Elephants of Style? Style. Title? Wow. Damn. Um, Except Myra Kalman has done her wonderful painted illustrations for it. And so it'll be like just something that's mentioned in one of the examples. Anyway, a treat for you if you like stuff, uh, that elements of style. A treat for uh, a kid and maybe a parent in your life. Pick up Next Stop Grand Central. I had occasion to be in Manhattan, Manhattan in 2000, <laughs> whenever the book thing started. I remember I visited Zeldman, probably 2009. And I cannot tell you how exciting it was for me to go to Grand Central Station and take photographs to send to the family Um, because my kid had just, that was an every night book for a while. Sure. And it was just delightful to get to see it, you know? Uh, You know, Marina Marina with the pepper and then there's the Bob who keeps things safe and even there's a large chicken on the tracks. Um, Three gruesome gargoyles. Like I say, my wife does it better. Anybody out there, am I right? Next up, Grand Central, really good book. Uh, And that's what I had. And then I've also got a thing here where I want to talk a little bit about um, universal control. But you know what I really want? You know what I really, really oh, want? Oh, well, I'll no tell you what I want. Tax on your father's. Tell you, tell you what I want, what I really, really want. Um, did you know that Laszlo wrote that? He wrote Oh, that he wrote that true. song for, yes, that's right, for the Spice Girls. <laughs> <laughs> dunk, 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 dunk. Uh, and uh, I would love it if you told me about something you like. I would love to tell I'd you. I love that. About Masterclass. 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 It's, so it's masterclass.com is where you're going to go. These are the, this is the place where you go to get these amazing. And I, lo- I, love, I love this site and I love that they're sponsored. It's so cool. Basically, Masterclass is the place you go to learn about really interesting things from the best people in the world doing them. So if you're interested in cooking, you're going to get the best chefs on there. If you're interested in music production, you get the best people in all different aspects of the music industry. You you want to, you know, so really whatever your interests are, science, they got tons of great scientist stuff, filmmaking, you get the best directors in the world. Like it's, it's amazing the talent that they have behind this and the the quality is 
bar none. And like you said, the last time we talked about this, they're all different. They all feel different. It's yeah. not just one studio where they, you know, the roll the guy in and say, all right, start talking. And then she does her well, thing. Well, you know what? Uh, the highest compliment I can pay is it does not seem like it's associated with a site or a series. Each one feels like an independent documentary. I love that. That's so true. Yeah. And I've taken a number of these classes. Some of them I actually feel like I could use and other ones I just watched because I love watching them. Like the Gordon Ramsay one. I'll keep going back to that one is really fun. He, their personalities really come through <laughs> and everyone doing this is just like, they're so excited to share what they know. And it really, they, they just really get into talking. They're talking about their craft. They're talking about what they're fat, what fascinates them, their motivations, but also practical advice of like, here's how to do this thing. It's not just, well, I like to do it this way. They actually show you stuff and do stuff and talk about it. And it's like, it's so insightful. And it's one of those things that if you want to get into a new field, if you want to change your industry, change your job, or you're just fascinated, like I am about some of these different things, it's so cool to be able to jump in. And it's, you, you can, usually the lessons are about 10 minutes long. So you can go at your own pace. You can watch it on your computer, on your iPad, on your Android, on your Fire TV, on your Roku, Apple TV, like it's all there. You can watch all of these. And the best way to do it, the best way to do it is to just get, do what I did and get the annual membership. It's $180 a year, but you get access to everything within that. Over 100 exclusive classes, they're cinema quality classes. They're amazing. Like I said, about 10 minutes in a, that's perfect for like, I'm going to sit down and eat some lunch now. And you watch this 10 minute thing. You're like energized for us. Like, I know it sounds silly, but like you are like this, like pumps you up for the rest of the day. So here's the thing for our listeners to do. You can get an annual membership and you can get one free that you can give to a, you know, your beloved, whoever. I don't care who you get. I don't care who you give it to. That's not, that's, no, it's just, but like, there's, how do you put it, Dan? You say like, you know, hey, hey, I, I don't know, but you will. You Ooh, know what I'm saying? Yes. If you love somebody, get them, get them this. Set them free. Like Sting says. Set them free. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose you're right. Yeah. Masterclass.com slash back to work. Go there. You're sure it's not, you're sure it's not member, uh, master cleanse, right? It is not. It is masterclass.com slash back to work. Terms apply. I have to say those words. I've done it. Uh, but go there and get the annual membership. Give one for free. It's so worth it. And uh, thanks very much to Masterclass for making this show possible. Merlin, May. thank you, Masterclass. Buck, buck. <clears throat> I um, I've successfully completed the easy first part of this. I will have to get to the more difficult second part of this. Easy first part is finding a quote. The difficult second part is tracking down whether it's actually a quote from that person where it says. But this sounds close enough to what I've heard before, so I'm going to read it. Ready? Mm -hmm. No movie featuring either Harry Dean Stanton or M. Emmett Walsh in a supporting role can be altogether bad. Mm. Roger Ebert. Mm. And now I'll do the, I'll do the heavy lifting of finding out if that's true because this is on my site called uh, a very reputable site called Quote Fancy that mainly just takes random quotes and puts it on stock art so you can have something inspirational for wallpaper. Wow, this is really a bad... Oh, my God. This is, oh, God. This is so weird. It's like when you run across those things, those mills on Amazon mm. or Redbubble that just, like, do some kind of, like... They receive some kind of input and then crank out a million products of, like... You know what I'm talking about? Like, 
smelling Asian teenage boy, that kind of stuff, where you get those really weird, like who made who made this particular wallet with an eyeball on it? It's crazy stuff. That's crazy. AI man, I don't think it's all good. No, but sometimes um, it gets it wrong. I was looking for a picture of of me when I was about three years old, standing in front of a television. So type I put in, you know, TV, television, and it shows everything. But that picture, I can't find that one. What did you? Where did I put that? That photo. Um, I don't know. Is it in your photos collection? Mm-mm. It's frustrating because I'm so used to stuff having a date that when I want to go look in a certain like when about was using when I first got my power shot, my Canon power shot, was taking tons of photos. Of course, none of that has you know, geolocation data. And it's so frustrating because like that means it's not in the corpus of like stuff in our park, stuff at the library, you know what I mean? Stuff where I would normally at my office. Like it's strange the extent to which I've become dependent on that geolocation data. I don't know where you put it. Was it a printout or was it a uh, print? You know what I mean? Like a hold in your hand photo or an on the computer picture? It was a photograph that my parents took that somehow- By the TV, you're by the TV digitally scanned probably in the nine in the nineties. And I, okay. I don't know All where right. it is. <clears throat> I don't know where it is. It's difficult. In some ways, the further we, we come with this stuff, the more we expect, but I am, uh, like I say, you know, thank goodness for Gmail and, uh, pinboard slash Instapaper and photos, because like, I don't know how I'd find anything without those things. It's amazing to think about like the time that I used to put into like putting things into fol- <clears throat> excuse me into folders of like I would I had I actually had do you remember having like you know file cabinets Oh yeah I had two I had a two drawer file cabinet where I would file things in folders mm. And that just seems ooh pretty bananas now Um I guess that's that for that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move quickly through getting up to the good part of this. Okay. Um, if y'all haven't heard of Universal Control, it's a feature that was announced and demoed at some Apple event, probably WWDC. Um, very memorable demo of this out-of-nowhere new feature that's going to be coming along. They announced this, I want to say, and if I'm wrong, who cares? But anyway, Craig did a really nice demonstration of this. What is Universal Control? Um, I'm going to skip over a sidecar real quick, but imagine that you could be using your Mac Mm -hmm. and be able to use your input devices Mm. on another Mac or an iPad, including could be multiple Macs, multiple iPads. But the idea being you're sitting at your Mac, in my case, with this keyboard that I love. Oh, my God, this Touch ID keyboard is such a life changer. Um, with a keyboard that I love and a touchpad that I love, the Smart Touch Boy, whatever it's called. Um, Game Boy. And what, well, I've got Game Boy. And uh, once everything is configured, I just want, I want to get the idea of this into your head. Because I think there are people who are going to go, that sounds like magic. And then a ton of people who are going to go, okay, but Why? which seems to be the answer from some people. And I, I just want to say how excited I am about this. Once everything is configured, once everything is set up, you can be using your Mac and then go use your iPad or another Mac in a very intuitive way using that same keyboard and touchpad. This is different from Sidecar. Sidecar, which works or doesn't work, depending on the way the wind is blowing in a given day. Sidecar is where you can turn an iPad into a uh, a an additional screen mm. in the same way that you've been able to do since what the late eighties, where you drag the screens around and that kind of stuff. Um, 
Sidecar is great too. Sidecar can be really amazing. I found it to be pretty undependable in the last year. But like everybody almost, I've been really looking forward to universal control. Um, I don't know if it's proper to say that it was delayed, but it, it came along later than folks expected. Right. The shovel blog crowd would say that it was delayed probably. I'm not sure if that's strictly accurate, but they talked about it, I want to say, over the summer. And I've been on betas that whole time. I'm pretty much always on betas now, much to my chagrin. In particular, though, on the Mac, I've been on the beta on my laptop forever, the whole time, basically, because I've been waiting to get my hands on universal control. I mean, I've been able to conduct my life and and take a crap and sleep and stuff, but like every release, I'm always like, come on, come on, come on, please, 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 please. Mm-hmm. And in this latest release, doesn't matter what it is, I want to say 12 point, people are going to ask. Um, um, this is the beta, 12.3 beta that I'm on right now. And through some combination, and listen, I'm not, this is not tech support, but the point is, if you get everything you need, go read the shovel blogs. They cover all this stuff. They've got extensive videos. Hit, remember to hit that bell. Point is, with the right software on your Macs, Mac or Macs, with the right software on your iPad or iPads, you can now use universal control. And I think it's bloody amazing. I, it, it kind of blows me away a little bit. I'm glad they waited to get this right because it is fairly stable considering the magic that it's doing. Um, was this an idea that intrigued you when you first heard about it, Dan? Cause you, you saw Craig do the demo of this, right? I did. Um, this is something that, you know, for, for many, many years back in the data centers and typically this is still the way that it's done a lot, especially physically in the data center. Uh, KVM, you have KVM switches and a KVM switch for people, uh, who, who don't know what a KVM switch is it is a physical device a device a physical box that you plug in usually one screen and one uh, mouse and one keyboard which is what the kvm stands for keyboard video mouse you plug those in to one one this little device and then you plug the out of the back of that device comes many usually at least four, but there's some that have eight, 16, 32. And then there's even the kind that use almost like a virtual kind of setup with packet switching and stuff. There's a computer in another room or in a, or or dozens of them. Yes. Yeah. But like, just so people understand, like, why would you be, why would you be a weirdo with all of these, these, well, if something seems to be up with, uh, you know, Nostromo, 35, you can pull that up on your screen using the KVM, say, bring up Nostromo, and it's like you're sitting in front of that. And for practical purposes, you are sitting in front of that computer. Absolutely, yes. you are, because you're, you're, the keyboard and the screen and the mouse are physically connected to that computer. And the it, KVM, but in that instance, it, it, you're not going to see what was on your screen. You're going to see what's happening on, on that, that computer. Screen. That's right. And, and you're controlling it. Yeah, because this, this all sounds like the same thing, but they're all that versus sidecar versus universal control are, are very different. Uh, they, yeah, that's that was a way to get very, very something like there's been software that can help you do this. There's certainly things like screen sharing, right? Things like uh, Adobe screens. But the idea is how do I how do I get to control something that is not the thing that this is attached to right now? Right. And so the the evolution of this, or they came up with, as you said, a software solution that would do this, so that if you weren't able to be physically connected, or the you couldn't be, or you just didn't want to be. Well, uh-huh. you could do it with software control. So there have been many, many, many different applications that help with this. The f- most famous one and the one that's still around, or it's a, become really just a universal protocol that other ones use, is something called VNC, 
which I'm sure people who are nerds like me have, have heard of what VNC is, and it stands for Virtual Network Computing, and this is a cross-platform... And they call it screen sharing on a Mac, Screen right? sharing, yes. And so the Mac mm -hmm. implementation of it also uses VNC with Apple's own little add-ons to it, but you can control with screen sharing, the application that's on every Mac, you can control pretty much any computer system out there that's running VNC. So you can have your Linux machine if it has uh, X Windows running on it, or you can control a PC, Windows PC, or you can control another Mac. And this is great because you might have a remote machine that's in a far away location that you need to log into the desktop and do something. And this lets you do that. But there are little limitations to that, like you have to run the program and things. And so then the next step of this was software like Synology. Um, no, not Synology. That's our NAS system. Uh, Synergy, that's better. And then there's other ones that compete with that, that let you basically control a machine that is physically next to you without having to launch a separate application. So if you were to take your mouse cursor and move it to the left edge of your screen and you have the other computer's screen to the right edge of that screen, it'll just move from one to the other, taking the keyboard input with it so that you're now controlling as many different computer screens. But in this case, they all have their own screen. You're not seeing, you're not seeing that computer screen in a window on your main computer. You're actually just switching control over to the mm -hmm. other one. And Logitech even has software like this that works with its higher end keyboards and mice. I think it's called Logi Control or something like that. So that it yeah, does like, the same like thing. Like for their, their MX Master yes. Um, mouse. Yes. It's, um, it has so many things that you can, and I, you know, well, so basically you get the MX Mouse and it's like, it's not very pretty. It looks kind of like a like a little boy's race car bed, but it it does have stuff like it's got little thumb wheels, it's got thumb buttons, it's got the the spinny scroll wheel, and those all will work, I believe, straight out of the box. But if you install the Logi software, uh, I've utilized this. I had one where I I changed a button, one of the buttons to just be open task paper. Yes, you know, like you can you can pretty much you could say associate. It's kind of like almost extreme deck. It's kind of a blunt instrument, but still powerful, mm -hmm. which is do a general kind of thing and associate that with this button. So like there's a, there's a verb and there's a noun, right? So you would say like, open this application or, you know what I mean? Quit this, you know, that kind of stuff. Uh, and it's really, really neat. It's just that all of these things we're talking about here, they sound related. They could even maybe sound like the same thing, but they serve such different purposes. Like you describing in particular, like a VNC, not a VNC, God, all these names sound the same. Mm -hmm. A KVM. KVM. Like the most basic use of a KVM, and this is at least my basic use a long time ago, was here's a computer over there and there's a computer here. I didn't have eight computers. I had all, you know, really just these couple of three computers, right? Right. It's really neat to be able to get to go change something on a computer. And again, we're talking about, in my case, this is the time before... You could count on everything being networked with great, uh, with equal power and like specificity. It didn't used to be, it used to be you sat down on a computer and did computer things. The extent of the network was printing on an image writer, like at, at least in my case, right? Yeah. That was what you could do with the computer was whatever, the, whatever programs you had on the floppy disks alongside, you know, I didn't have a hard drive. So I had two, I had two floppy disks to run my Mac um, and I didn't even have a network. I had an image writer and that was it. Right. So it's kind of neat when that gets a little further along to go like, well, you know, not all computers are created equal, but I don't want to have to get my butt out of the chair every time I need to go check on something, for example, on this other computer. 
So two ways, one, one way to do that is through, like you say, a KVM. Another one is through VNC, screen sharing, screens for whatever you use. And they, but they have all have, it wouldn't is, I mean, I, I shouldn't say this until I've thought about it. I think they all have advantages and disadvantages. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, screen sharing, if it works, and I've had a rough time getting screen sharing to work consistently for months, is so powerful. A use case for me might be like, I want to go do something. Let's say I just want to get a file. It was a file. A classic would be uh, classic Merlin. I forgot to put my Skype recordings on Dropbox, Um, but but I've already gone home for the day. Now, you know, you could do the terminal for that. Mm But it is just for a variety of reasons way easier to me and the fact that I'm not good at stuff like that. I mean, I can CP, I guess, but I'm not great at that. I'd have to pull out the book. No, uh, it was screen sharing on, though. I just opened Adobe's Screens 4, and I'm, it's like I'm on a different computer. Yes. Even though I'm using my MacBook Pro at home, it feels like I'm using my Mac Mini with a big screen at the office. Now, what's neat about that, you can take that basic protocol of VNC and give it a lot of little neat bells and whistles. For example, one reason, one of the numerous reasons I love Edovia screens for is it'll do stuff like you can enter in your creds. So now you do a long press on that button and it logs you in, for example. Mm-hmm. You can have it automatically log you out. You could have what's called curtain mode. But the idea is you're on whatever computer you're sitting at right now, you're using a different remote computer. And remote could mean it's on the desk next to you, but there are downsides to that. Even with a fast connection, it can be a little bit choppy to use. Sometimes the click targets feel a little strange. Sometimes being on one of the wonderful tiny laptops while using a big screen can be kind of torture. You turn on this like zooming mode, but but boy, how advantageous is that to be able to just be on another computer suddenly, right? Sidecar is cool, and I've used Sidecar for over a year because, as it happened, I, I ended up with like a a bonus iPad mm. that I was not was not needed for any specific purpose, and was obviated by a newer iPad. Did but- you like put it up? higher so that it would be parallel with the screen because when i tried it that was the one thing i kept the feeling like i gotta look down at it and it somehow felt like it took me out of the yeah, zone let in me a way. i'll take a photo for you yeah. um I, this might not this probably won't be for everybody but we'll see um uh is this elgato that makes this who makes this i think it's elgato elgato uh makes these amazing byzantine systems what would you call it a rig a stand at the most basic level you think of a stand as being you put a thing on a stand and look at it elgato also makes these crazy rube goldberg things that you can snap together and actually i will get you a good photo of this because it's pretty fun yeah i want to see it. all right so i'm saying this um so to answer your question absolutely so i've got a, a the the well not as big as my wife's old ipad she's got the big 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 ipad the old one this is the you know is the ten inch and the other one. What's the other one? Twelve inches probably. Is that right? Yeah, like ten inches is the normal size. Eleven point nine. Yeah, yeah, twelve. Yeah, so the bit that one, that bigger one, mm-hmm. is um. Let's see here. Yeah, let's look at your. Well, I should I should redact this. Um, click click click. I see. The problem is if you don't think about this stuff, then then people zoom. Mm, I know. 
You know, know. You know what I'm saying? They, they, like, they like the Zoom. Mm-hmm. Um, there's that. I just want something totally generic. Okay. Uh, okay. So, uh, yes, I've got that at approximately like eye level, um, as you'll see in just a second. Okay. But I'm also trying to get you so you could see this whole rig. I'm sorry, this is really tedious, but what are you going to do? Um, okay. Sidecar. Sidecar. S- sidecar is where you can use an iPad in particular. And by, so when I say sidecar, not, not an iPhone, not a Mac, but an iPad that is, you know, that will support this functionality. You can basically use it as an, I don't even say second screen, an additional screen. And that means that what you see on the iPad, once you've turned on, you do this under displays, you know, the system preferences. Mm-hmm. And you say, uh, well, let me get the wording right. You say under displays, there's a thing you can click under add display that says mirror or extend to dot, 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 and then an iPad. And in my case, I'm, I'm extending to uh, an iPad called Magnus Rushes In. And that means that, so when I move my cursor uh, past the right edge, I should send this to you, Odd and I. Oh, I also got a really good painting of Ripley. Um, that means when my, so I, I'm moving my cursor slowly to the right, the right side of my Mac. And when it goes past the edge of that screen, then I'm seeing a part of the Mac desktop on the iPad or Mac apps. It can be, you know, it's basically like having a tiny little extra screen. Hmm. And I found it really, really useful. Dude, here's a phrase you haven't heard in a while, Dan. Remember that phrase? What do we used to call it? A, a palette monitor or palette screen? What do people used to call it? Like back in the day, oh. if you did Photoshop yeah. all day long, it was not unusual to have a second smaller monitor. Oh, right. Just, just for, for your, your like palettes or your palettes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I know what you're that talking way about. You're in, but like in a way, that's not dissimilar to what we're talking about here, which is this particular monitor, this giant ass monitor becomes a canvas. Mm-hmm. And then the little palette I stick my thumb through is over here on this other screen. And it's not just for Photoshop. That, that's good for lots of things. Um, Anyway, so we've talked about KVMs, we've talked about um, Sidecar, and like I say, Sidecar, it's weird. It putzes out on me, and I'm not sure why um, I'm sending this to you, aren't I? Um, So now let's talk about universal control. So universal control, yeah, go ahead. Well, my understanding of universal control is that it is, having not used it and just watched the demo, it seems like it's basically what you're getting with the... um, synergy type thing where you can move your mouse over and now you're controlling it does it does not do what sidecar does which makes the ipad into an extra screen sidecar makes the ipad into a monitor for your mac universal control lets you control another input device yes the same way that you could use a keyboard and touchpad on a compliant ipad like i've got a i've got the whatever it's called the smart keyboard case Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. with the little uh, touchpad so, which is actually surprisingly powerful. Like, it's not the same as a laptop, but it is pretty great. And once you get it in your fingers, uh, here's a hint. It's all about Spotlight. Like, it's all about Spotlight. Mm-hmm. So Spotlight, start thinking of Spotlight like Quicksilver or Launch Bar. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and, and really learn the gestures. The forefinger up, the forefinger um, left to right. Like, really learn those. Forefinger up takes you home. Forefinger right to left. You know, like will take you to the previous app. Um, <clears throat> my lady friend, um, who, you know, who uses the devices differently than I do, didn't know about the swipe at the bottom of the screen. And like, how would she? 
Like, she didn't know that on an iPhone you can swipe at the bottom of the screen, that you don't, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it, it used to be seem so simple. You'd always just click the button, tack, tack, on the button on, the, on a regular old iPhone, and you get the switcher. But now that's swipe up, and then you can swipe. But anyway, I don't, I still wonder how many people know all those gestures, because, or even some of those gestures. They seem to learn enough to know how to quit all their apps. But learning those gestures is really powerful. So that this is what's neat. This is our concern, dude. You're now using your Mac, and let's keep it simple for a moment. You're now using your input devices like pretty seamlessly mm-hmm. on your Mac as well as on your iPad. And now, if you wanted that to be a, a Mac-y iPad, you could use Sidecar. But you want it to be an iPad-y iPad and do the iPad things but as if you're using an, an iPad keyboard. It's just that you're using your Mac keyboard. Right, exactly. I've been repeating this a lot because I want this basic idea to get in your head before I tell you, okay, A, you could do that with an iPad on the right and an iPad on the left. You could do that with a laptop over here. You can drag a file from here to there. You could drag a file off of that device and pull it over onto this device. I have not had success with that yet, but that was in the original demo. But the one that really bent my brain was last night I finally tried something I'd read about and I couldn't believe was real. So what are, what are we talking about here, Dan? Let's talk Let's about talk something about important. important. We're talking about using your Mac to control your iPad. Did you know that it also works when you're on an iPad to control your Mac? Uh, if you pull that's up, cool. If you pull up an iPad with a keyboard and mouse, and again, everything, don't, don't text me about this, everything's configured correctly and on the right beta, and the, the, as Syracuse says, the um, in, internet weather is okay yeah. today. Yeah. Like, this will work. But I tried it last night, and I was, I was like, duh, 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 because I'm sitting there on my iPad with a smart keyboard and like swipe left, and now I'm on my Mac. I think it's really neat, and I totally understand the many, many people who say, Neat tech demo, what would I ever use it for? Mm. And I totally, totally get that, but I do use it. So you, you got my photo of the setup. Yes, I'm looking at it now, and I'm, I can't quite tell what you're using it's to suspend so bananas. The, the, is that the I'll thing? send you a link. Yeah, but you see the light pointing down? Yes. That's just one of my Elgato key lights, but I've wanted to have a little bit more detail light at my desk. Mm-hmm. And all I had to do, if you look look back under the, uh, the You Look Nice Today uh, needlepoint, and you'll see where I've clamped a thing onto there to yes. turn that into a big arm that yeah, articulates. That's what I'm curious about. Yeah, uh, yeah I'll find this for you. It's a, I really, I think Elgato makes great stuff. I really do. I love the Stream Deck. I love the, um, I love the the key lights. Um, I think they make awesome stuff. I will find it. Um, and while I'm doing that, do you do you, you you probably wouldn't need to use this ever for anything, would you? You like getting on a Mac. You're on a Mac. You're using a Mac. You got the power. But, like, you wouldn't need this for much ever, except for a tech demo. The, for universal control? No, I use that all yeah. the time. I've got multiple computers here that I'm using the Logitech this would be use- thing for now. This would be useful for you. Yeah, very highly useful. Very much. They're close enough that you could Wi-Fi and Bluetooth them? Like They're little, physically little... next to... I'll send you Oh, my gosh. Send you this is going to be huge. Well, okay, but, like, you you're paying the butt... Th- you send me that, you do that, but like your pain in the butt thing of like, oh, I can't run, I'm, uh, my Skype is running over here, the blah, blah, blah is over here, I can't watch this YouTube video. That could be partly solved to some extent with yeah, universal control, It would yes? be very, very helpful, very helpful in solving I, that. I don't know if it's an enterprise quality product, but I think it's, it definitely seems like pretty prosumer friendly. Seems to be. Okay, I'm going to find this Elgato stand. 
Yeah, that's what I'm looking at right now. You can see it. You can um, see your f- extra points if you can find the Merlin in this photo. Mm, I don't. I don't zoom. Stream Deck lighting. We are looking for lighting multi. Ah, uh, multi mount. Lila Dallas multi mount. This is called the multi mount. Mm. Mm. Sagittarius. Am I right? Um, multi mount system, and I will put this in show notes. I like their aesthetic. I like their. I like their deal. I like their deal. Multi mount. Yeah, so these things are pretty cool. You get these telescoping little telescoping, these telescoping poles, um, and uh, you attach things to it, and it's endlessly useful. And then I keep a little, a couple little bins full of the various donguses <laughs> that are useful, like the ball joint, different yeah, ball joint sure. sizes, and all that kind of stuff. Um, I've got a lot of brass fittings and the like. Uh, it's a that's a satisfying thing to collect. I think this is real neat. I can't promise you that this is a... I'm sorry, universal control. I can't promise you that this is a good reason to put betas on your stuff, especially your production computers. Yeah. Um, In my case, it was a no-brainer to put it on my laptop. And I liked it so much that I I did put it on my um, my desktop as well, even though it's an early beta. But, you know, don't don't use me as a guide. I I don't have any sense about that stuff. but it's it's really it, it is really neat to be able to go over and have this different screen and like you could really make yourself a little I don't know a little environment. Mm-hmm. You don't have to look like the the IT guy, but like if you have extra iPad and an extra iPad sitting around, or you have occasion, I don't know. I just think this is really promising, and mainly I just wanted to, the point of all of this was just to say, hey, this is really cool, and I'm glad that it works. And the other thing is, yay, Apple! <laughs> I love to see Apple doing a cool thing. And I think this definitely qualifies as a cool thing. I love that a project like this is still getting accomplished at Apple uh, today. It makes me happy. And I hope you all find a use for it. It's going to seem like magic when you do get a chance to use it. But even if you don't, I hope you join me in in, uh, congratulating our friends down at the spaceship for still trying new stuff. Yeah, I think it's great. And I think this is something we've needed for a long time. A lot of people have more than one Mac with a screen sitting on their desk. And this is a good solution. I want to try yeah, it. Um, yeah, how, so when too. are when is um like when is the new version the final final version supposed to even come out? Do you know? Are you tracking that? I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't know the answer to that. The they seem to obviously things <clears throat> slowed down over the holidays, but I do. I feel like the the pace and the pitch has been pretty fast. And I mean, I don't know f all about this, but for example, so <clears throat> excuse me, there will be features that are in the developer beta those features then make it into the public beta of a given release. And then, you know, that comes out in the final production. Those little loops seem to be getting a lot quicker. Uh, For example, the unlock phone with a mask on went from developer to public beta on the phone within like a handful of days. Right. So I found an article in Macworld, well, the the UK one, that Mm -hmm. says... Apple will be discussing the features coming to the next version of macOS in June at WWDC. Uh, and it says that Apple is likely to retain the tradition of giving every version at number 13, uh, you know, the bumping the number. And they said in 2021, Monterey arrived on Monday, October 25th. So expect a similar time scale. Our money is on Monday, October 24th, 2022. Wow. Yeah. <clears throat> wow. Yeah. Hmm, hmm, that hmm. would be interesting. I think, um, I mean, the, g- doing the developer beta stuff, 
I, um, <clears throat> there's times where I feel like, oh my God, my curiosity is killing me. I've got to have this. But I, I have, I don't always do this. I'm not flawless about it. But I mean, what is this? A hundred bucks a year and you get all of these. It's, yeah. it's, it's a pretty good deal. Yeah. And like, you don't have to worry about whether it's got, you know, malware on it. Um, but um, I do at a certain point then try to say like either turn this off, like delete this certificate. I don't want to be on any beta anymore. Right. Or I just want to be on the public beta. So like my phone, even though this stuff, knock on wood, has been pretty smooth for a while, my phone is a device that for a million reasons I don't want to go tits up or get bricked. Right. Not least because there's a lot of two-auth stuff on there. Mm-hmm. There's just a lot of reasons I don't want my phone to screw up. You know, and that used to be often because of travel, which I'm not doing so much of now, thank goodness. But, you know, it used to be like, oh, God, if I'm going to travel, I don't want to have, like, a new beta on here. Or, Is everything synced? Is everything okay? Is right. it backing up? All that kind of stuff. But um, anyway, um, I would say in most cases this it's much more – the biggest pain is HomePod. If you want to be on the HomePod beta, like, that's very obscure and you have to get, like, special permission – but, like, for example, it's kind of, I would say the second biggest pain is probably tvOS, unless you're conversant with, you know, mobile profiles and opening this up in S- Xcode and configurator. But you're pretty good to go with just public betas on any of these. Mm. I, 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 that's not advice. That's an observation. Okay? I'm not advising you to get on a beta. My observation would be that by the time something gets to a public beta, and you tell me what you think of this, I feel like even if it's only been... If it's gone from alpha to developer to public in a week, like the track record so far is pretty good. If you don't need yeah. this stuff, don't do it. But if you want to dip a toe, I would take the middle path and do public betas. What do you think? I totally agree with you. It's very well said. I think the public beta, it's really intended for anyone who's kind of interested in it. It's not just for developers at that point. It's for yeah. people who are like... You know, power users. power users, obviously journalists, other people who are wanting to do uh, reviews of it and things like that. So I feel like that's a really good time if you're, you know, especially now if you have a spare computer or spare device, 100% public beta is like, yeah, go for it. You know, but if it's your main one and, you know, I always yeah, I yeah. always nowadays, you know, I I am very much when I'm using a computer, I'm using it to perform a job much more than I'm using it because I like it or because it's fun. And I don't know when that kind of shift happened to me, but there was a time Merlin where I just like oh, yeah. using my computer for stuff and like doing stuff on there. And now I'm yeah, like, it's just like, it's the new hotness yeah. for a while. Yeah. So. yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm still more like that than I'd like to admit. <laughs> right. I've through nobody's fault, but my own, I've gotten bitten a handful of times especially at a time when I could ill afford my computer not working when I was nominally supposed to be finishing a book. Yes. No, again, nobody's fault but my own. But like the fact that there was some rogue plist file that didn't get removed in previous anyway, that it just makes me think twice. And also I just always think about like you know, I've got a lot of stuff that behind the scenes anyway is python where I'm mean, not my python. Um, but like the Python in, I think Caliber is all Python. A lot of my media assisting apps are Python. And I don't know, I just worry about something borking some file that I don't even know about. Right, sure. And never, not finding out until it's too late and you realize, oh God, I haven't gotten, this thing hasn't happened for a month. I haven't gotten backups, any of that kind of stuff. 
but uh, I think it's I think it's fun. It, I'm I'm excited. Uh, I'm having a good week with Apple. I'll put it that way. I think the the use a mask f- to unlock thing is neat. Um, and 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 you might be like me and go, wait a minute, haven't we had this for six months or whatever? Mm-hmm. Like, haven't we had the ability to unlock with a mask for a long time? It was my thought, and it may have been yours. Well, that's you had to have an Apple Watch for that to work, right? Which I, if I knew, I forgot. And like Marco made a really good point about this on ATP, um, which is that you know Overcast. I think it's fair to say that for an indie app, Overcast is fairly popular. Oh, very, yeah. um, but but more saliently, perhaps I think it's also fair to say you don't accidentally find yourself using Overcast. You use Overcast because you care a lot and you have an editorial point of view about liking podcasts enough that you want the app to be a certain way. <clears throat> Vis-a-vis, to paraphrase Marco, it's an app for nerds. But Marco has the stats. I think he said a th- only a third of Overcast users have a watch associated with their phone, which really surprised me. Not not because I think people are listening to podcasts on their watch, but I just assumed that market penetration was a lot broader than that. And if that's, if that's whatever that percentage among nerds, mm-hmm. In the average population, you know. And the other nice thing that they did with this, this unlock, is you can also do it now with glasses. It encourages you to take photos with glasses. And then between that and setting up your alternate look, like, you know, it lowers the security. But, you know, if you're like me and never leave the house, like, what's the difference? I mean, if I were a Chinese dissident, I would not have unlock with mask turned on. Mm -hmm. I would have everything turned on. Excited about the Olympics? Uh, no. Yeah, me neither. Let's button this up. Okay. Okay, I love you. Love you too, Merlin man.